An Australia without rugby league is not Australia. Um, rugby league has been a fabric of our society for hundreds of years. It's people's escape, it's people's relaxation, and we need to do everything in order to continue that great uh, tradition of rugby league. It has been those Australians who have worked hard every day. They have their dreams, they have their aspirations. These are the quiet Australians who have won a great victory tonight. So welcome to Fire Up's Quiet Australia. We represent all those people who need rugby league as some sort of beacon in these difficult times. Chris Gale here with Dennis Carnahan. Dennis, no Stephen Ferris. He's actually done an assignment down in Wollongong. He's been dragged into the St. George Illawarra Dragons coaching carousel. He's gone down to sort out the young matter. Unfortunately, I think he's gone down to think that Craig Young is going to be the new coach of the Dragons. What do you think? Um, I think he's in for a bit of a shock and a bit of disappointment. The constable, I believe, is unavailable. Were you in tears as I was on Friday night when the St. George Road Dragons triumphed over the Eels and Mary was there in that embrace with the young Cameron McInnes? Oh, that was very moving. It was a very close embrace as well. It was like I was picturing it. I just wish Cam had lifted the lower leg, his lower right leg, a little Disney princess lift of the foot to really emphasise the emotion there. It was wonderful. I haven't seen Mary McGregor. Like, if you look at his footy cards from when he was in the Steelers, look at pictures of him, never seen him smile before. I believe that was the first time Mary McGregor has smiled. I described it as the look that you have when you know that you don't have to go into work on Monday. <laughs> now, in Stephen's absence, we got a very special guest lined up, but they couldn't make it. So, Bronco Reg, <laughs> welcome to Fire Up's Quite Australia. How are you, mate? Former Fire Up producer. Good to see you. Oh, you, you too. I, yes, I, I'm here. I'm here. Dennis, I think we just go straight to the chase as you're enjoying your ginger cake here. You realise they're filming simultaneously, like yeah. But look up to you. Um, this is a podcast, Reg. Reg, uh, this this is an intervention. Okay, it's a welfare check. They talk about this being unprecedented, uncharted. Dot 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 times. Straight up, what is worse, living in a pandemic or following the Bronx this year? Oh, 2020. It's got to be this year. Being a Broncos fan, I think that the worst part has been Sydney rugby league supporters having contracted a bad case of Schadenfreude. I found. <laughs> It's very hard. I get a very sincere, you know, are you okay? What's up with the Broncos this week? Oh, you know? So you have you have had people ask if you're okay? I have. Because this is one of the things that... Genuinely. That, not genuinely. Well, no, was, but we are was, genuinely asking, Reg, uh, this is are what, you okay? Oh, I'm not, not in my rugby league life, no. no I'm, t I'm like that flying high, Blake, you know. I, I took a bad week to, to give up sniffing glue. <laughs> Lloyd Bridges. Glue to, you know, I want heroin at this stage. Because this is one of Seabolt's complaints, that no one has said, uh, no one from the NRL has rung up and said, are you okay? Has anyone from the NRL called you? Has anyone from the Broncos called... Are you a member of the Broncos? Are you a Broncos paid up member? I, I gave away my membership when Wayne left, to be honest. I thought I was so angry. 
Really? Went, no. Yeah, I was really crumpy. Wayne always said a year, you know, a year, get away a year too early and not a year too late. And I thought, are you kidding? We have the chance to get bellyache. So you talk about schadenfreude. Are you dancing on Anthony Seabold's grave right now? Oh, I don't know. I wish all the he's, best for him, I guess. He's still so. coaching. Oh, sorry, that's right. <laughs> yeah, take sorry. Your I'm getting ahead of myself. I have a habit of doing that. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I wish all the best for Anthony. He's in a, yeah, in and a bad And when he leaves, spot. you just want him to go. I guess, yeah. I guess so. But but I, but I would agree. There is nothing worse than when like people. It's not you know. It's it's much better when people give you a hard time about your team losing than when they actually go beyond that and they start to extend the sympathetic arm or the shoulder to cry on because it's that bad. Have you ever been in a situation in your well, obviously quite considerable years by the look of you? Uh, <laughs> have you ever been in this situation where it's gone beyond? Yabu sucks into, mate, how are you in terms of supporting the Brisbane Broncos? I am. Um, I've had a few people show concern for me. And uh, and actually, it, genuinely, it does affect me. Yeah, right. I get really involved um, with my, you know, with the Broncos. I've had a long history and I, I feel very deeply for them. So, yeah, it, has, it really got me down. Now I'm just numb. Okay. Now I'm numb to well, it. Well, I don't think it's going to get any better today because uh, in the second segment, we're going to um, really focus in on all the issues okay. in relation to the Broncos and an extensive review of the Canberra Raiders' victory over the Brisbane Broncos last weekend. it might be, it might be catharsis. Weekend. It might be cathartic for you to get it out. It might can be we, like squeezing the pimple and getting that pus out. It might, can I get on a couch? Can, you know, can I get on a couch and like talk to you guys in a lying <laughs> position or something? Or I've got one word for you. Firehawks. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, this is a podcast, so we're okay. never really, you know, breaking stories but there is a story that's absolutely dominating the rugby league conversation, dare I say, the narrative right now. And the headline that hasn't been written was pointed out to us by Fire Up fan Stuart Cook. He says, I haven't comprehensively reviewed all the media, but I have yet to see the headline, Man Bite Shark. Referring, of course, to the biting allegations of Kevin Proctor from the Gold Coast Titans on Sean Johnson from the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Where are we on this? Because it's in front of the judiciary tonight and they're saying it's going to be one of the funnest, most compelling judiciaries in years, if not decades. Well, as Cooper Cronk said, it's going to be a long Zoom meeting. <laughs> oh, he loved that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was very pleased himself. There was oh, a crook nose. You could yeah, see right. him smiling behind that nose, which is <laughs> Which was, yeah, quite a sight. So let's, yeah. let's start with the, with the fundamental existential question. Did he bite him? Well, can we define bite? <laughs> Let's go for it. Like, obviously, clearly, I've just bitten my ginger cake with, with caramel butter icing. Could you bite that cake with a mouth guard in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with that particular cake, yes. But because of the size, right. could I bite a massive forearm, such as demonstrated by Kevin Proctor? Could I actually get my gait around that? I don't know. I, I, I think even Mick Jagger would struggle. <laughs> to get that the Tyler from Aerosmith. I mean, that's a, that's a fair He'd struggle. He struggle to get around there. So you know, the definition of a bite is that, you know we talk about the try the downward pressure. How could he have downward pressure? You need, you need a bite's a pinch. It's a pincer movement between the upper and lower mandible. The upper mandible has broken by C.S. Oliola. Here we go. The mandible. lower mandible <laughs> pulled up by the you know the temporal. The temporomandibular joint here must have some movement for it to be a bite. I could see no evidence of the muscles of the jaw up here or here moving. My, in my, my father's a dentist and he wouldn't know what the temporomandibular yes, he thing would. is. Oh, of course he would. So so you I'm didn't, staggered. By the way, speaking of Stephen Tyler, people I all love, Stephen Tyler, Todd Rundgren and Liv Tyler, of course, who grew up originally thinking that Todd was her father and then it turned out to be Stephen. You go, hello, have you looked in the mirror? It's like... <laughs> It's Cleary-esque. Uh, Reg, yes or no? 
Uh, yeah, I think he bit him. Is that that's interesting? Okay, well, I'm, I'm in the no. Yeah, camp. I'm in the no camp. Yeah. So what's going to happen tonight? How are the Broncos going? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what's going to happen tonight? Win the lawyer. <laughs> 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 Stop clocks right twice a day. <laughs> Sometimes it's going to happen. Yeah, all right. We're up at half time. Um, again, the, um, I think tonight he's going to be let off. I think yeah. tonight they're going to go. Uh, send off was probably more than enough. And again, no down, you know, no downward pressure, no upward pressure from the lower mandible being choked. Obviously, it's been established he has issues with his sinuses. Any idea what caused those? Yeah, so well, I mean... This could be. We'll look. We'll go into all the various defences that Kevy will be running, and mm. certainly the sinus is one of the issues. Though I believe the NRL is going to produce some alternative video evidence showing that his sinuses are able to function in certain right. circumstances. But, <laughs> but you history. Know, and, and, and again, when they were down in Canberra, funnily enough, I mean, it's not much to do down there. But oh, there's so much to do. But quite a damn. It's interesting what you just said, though, Dennis. You said sending off is enough. I mean, that's clearly not a that's not a relevant criteria. Whether. Did you hear what you just said? Sending off is enough. It's interesting what you said, Dennis. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in an unfamiliar role, being the anchor. Right, I'm weak. I'm under pressure. I, I'm losing my train of thought. But uh, that's actually not relevant whether it was punishment or enough. But it did interest me in the process where it seems like there was an uncertain bonding between referee Perinara and the bunker, and it was probably the bunker's affirmation that got Proctor sent off. Mm. How does Proctor get sent off, whereas James Graham, who Holyfield, Billy Slater's year in the 2012 Grand Final, and mm. I was there for that. How does he stay on? Hang on were you there for the Sharks-Titans game? Um, um, amazingly, no. Okay. You were, weren't you? No, I no, wasn't. Oh, sorry, you were no, I wasn't. This week. Yeah, yeah. But, but, no. uh, but I was just wondering if you were the catalyst. No, no, I've, I've been the at the... Well, one, perhaps before we answer that question, one of the things that has come up to this week was saying, well, this is the first time anyone's ever been sent off for binding in, in rugby league. And the uh, evidence that was led that Mario Fennec was sent off for biting Benny Elias in the 1986 semi-final series. Now I was there for that. Uh-huh. Benny comes out of the scrum reeling, clutching his hand, going, "He bit me! He bit me!" And the referee said, "Right, you're off, Mario." It was subsequently revealed that Mario didn't bite him. Benny faked it. Well, but Benny, he still got sent off for but biting. But Benny had actually bitten his own, bit hand his own hand to show the teeth marks. That's right. Which I is, see. I love a bit of faking like that. I love the one where the bloke used to hold the, the arm down. Like who was that Terry Lowe's ad? Who that bloke used to do it a bit. Oh, Terry Hill. Terry Hill. Terry Hill used <laughs> Terry to do Lowe's it a lot. Ad. Yeah, yeah. Oh mate, I love that. <laughs> Terry. Terry took a good flop too when he's knocked unconscious. He knew how to flop. He oh, knew yeah. how to. Oh, that's right. The dive. Yeah, yeah the dive. Oh mate. Yeah, yeah. So so Mario technically was sent off for biting, but why did why was well, Proctor so why is, was Proctor sent off? Because he effing bit me this sea. The Carmichael. The Carmichael effing bit me. Okay. That was what... Because uh, well, the initial evidence was there was going to be six again to the Titans. Right. Because Henry thought there was a bit of unfair play with the head. Well, let's let's dive into what I think is really interesting, which is the, the various defences that Proctor will be running. Now, he's hired, I guess, sports lawyer, uh, Tim Fuller. Tim Fuller's cl- current clients include Shana Jack and James Sigiaro, both are suspected for using illegal performance-enhancing drugs, neither of whom has been exonerated. I'm wondering Maybe if... Kevin Proctor had a blender like, <laughs> yeah, on, right. on the field at that stage. <laughs> and at some stage, sure, Johnson pulled out a blender. It would be, it would be refreshing if Proctor just went in and said, you know what, I was hungry, find me. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm just wondering who Bronson Cherry's using for a lawyer. But Fuller's running the following defences. Uh, first of all, uh, that the red mark was not properly investigated, forensically looked at, 
photographed as it should have been. It could have been a hickey. Um, it could have been a birthmark. So it could there have been was glue. That's right. This is because this, this was an the abrasion. famous thing about the, uh, the what's her name? The dingo took my baby. The Lindy Chamberlain. Oh, case Chamberlain. Was yeah. She was charged because of the blood spatter in the passenger in the footwell of the passenger side of the car, and no one had actually investigated the blood spatter. It was glue. Yeah, right. It was glue to hold the carpet down. The police ripped the carpet up. Well, oh, look at the blood splatter. Tarzan well, group. Maybe it was glue. Right. It could have been anything. So there was not enough forensic work done at the time. This this is already sounding like the O.J. Simpson murder trial. Well, we get Caruso in from CSI or something <laughs> yeah, well, to investigate this. <laughs> CSI, Cogra. To take his glasses off. <laughs> Finally. Uh, uh, Henry Perinara, the great octopus himself, did originally call six again, which is the call I hate most in rugby league, of course, and leading to the high attrition rate in You think you hate it? What about Dennis? Yeah, right. I don't mind six again. I don't like that no, no, last. Yeah, that's where I draw the line. The medical evidence uh, that's being led by Proctor includes that he's got the chronic sinus condition and his nose is bent every which way. As you said, the NRL will come back and say, well, yeah, but he was able to do this. But, you know, um, what about the destructive mechanism argument, Dennis? That seems to be pretty key here. It's a wonderful, wonderful um, argument. Calling Johnson's forearm a destructive... What was the word? Destructive mechanism. Destructive mechanism. That's more like the, uh, the Melbourne Storms, really, isn't it? You'd think that's their defense. That's what they that's the, what they call their defense is the destructive mechanism. It, I think it is also worthwhile explaining. Whether you, you explained to me, Proctor on the floor said that he was getting choked, that he couldn't. Re- and, and I looked at it and I went, "It doesn't look like he's being choked." He was there. Carmichael. No, it wasn't Carmichael. It was Michael Lucking choking. Yeah, that yes. was it. And that was why when he, when he said choked again, you've got players very high level of arousal. Right. So they're not necessarily using their words most effectively. Oink. They're just trying to speak, get the point across. He was choking me. What he meant to say was, my airways were being blocked, thus I couldn't breathe effectively. And given that I, was, I had the ball, I had an elevated heart rate, elevated metabolism, required more oxygen. I couldn't get the oxygen because of the destructive mechanism. Now, he couldn't say that so at I the did. time. He just said... <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to get the destructive mechanism out of the way. Now... Which, again, plays into, if he's trying to get it out of the way, he's not going to bite it. He's not going, because you grab hold of it and you keep it there. He was going, he was pushing against it. He was repelling it, rebuffing it. He was rebelling it with what he had. Which, can, can you imagine how many times the word clamped is going to be used oh. tonight? A couple of the other uh, defences that he'll be running, uh, Proctor's legal team has established that he's vegan. Unfortunately, yes. the NRL has been able to look at his media bio and says he's pescatarian. So that's that's not so mm, good. Mm, it's a bit fishy. So it's but, not like it was a dolphin or anything. It was actually, yeah. Yeah, but the most fundamental defence, and, 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 and again, I think Dennis and I are on one side, Reg are on the other. I think Proctor will get off because you know what his primary defence will be oh, in front of the judiciary? There's, there's only one. Please. It's not his go. It's not his go. <laughs> it's not his go. He's, he's no history of it. Fair play. And I, although... His voice, I would love to hear more of his voice. That is one of the most remarkable voices. It is one of the deepest, roughest, buggered up as voices. It, it makes Darren Lockyer look like a choir boy. Yeah, yeah. It is so rough. It's beautiful. And, and look, I mean, what's forgotten in all this? It was his 250th game. He hasn't got a contract for next year. I mean, he's been sporting the Sideshow Bob since I can remember. I mean, we'll, I don't want him lost to the game because of this. Is, is Jim Henson, is he looking for voice actors? I think they've just done another version of The Dark Crystal, I think. I think Labyrinth, they're doing just, one without Bowie. I'd, I'd be, I'd producer be, Pat upset. I'd be, looking for, uh, I'd be looking for Proctor as a voice actor for one of those creations. So it's been a weekend of uh, issues with the mouth. Joel Thompson in the Knights versus Manly severed an utter in his tongue in the first four minutes of the game. 
and then has just delighted on going on social media and showing the graphic results of that, the split tongue, the stitched tongue, just him and his tongue. Um, what, what were your reactions to uh, that particular issue? Have either of you ever suffered a similar injury in any particular context? <laughs> Look, I've bitten my tongue, but I certainly haven't given myself a forked tongue. Uh, with, <laughs> I haven't twisted it around the side and given you, it. You're right. I saw a close-up. I thought it was Cameron Smith. <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw and the photo. It looked like Cameron Smith and, and his stitches had burst <laughs> rather than Cameron having bitten the tongue. And it, it, did, it did, you know, Tomo would have played with tongue. Yes, at, in, in the, the great Allen Raiders, and yeah. so you know, Tomo Tongue. I'd, I'd love him to come back to Canberra. I, I think if you listen to the audio, Reg, he actually says to his captain, which would be DCE, right? He goes, he goes, Cherry, I've, um, I've, um, I've split my Allen, and <laughs> rugby league players automatically know what that means. I also, I thought it was weird. Curtis Sirenen came up to him after and said, you know, just come and just hook this up you know, put it in my arm or like down my throat. It was like, Curtis, it's too much, mate. It's too much. He said, oh, you know, I've got the, the lamb over my shoulder. At least take the lamb off, mate. It's too much. It's too much. So, Ciro, talk about a row. Ciro, who's, and I've gone on record that he's now following this carnivore's diet. He would have yeah. loved the visceral oh, nature. Yeah. I mean, uh, Thompson in the interview said, I must have had my tongue sideways at that moment and it just went straight through. When so. I, <laughs> when I saw the blood, I thought, Michael lucked my teeth. Which is interesting to me because I would have thought Michael lucked my tongue because that was the thing that was split in half. Yeah. But he was concerned he was going to lose his front teeth and he thought when he, pull, when he would pull his mouth guard out that his tooth would fall out. He then said, based on the fact that he had to keep playing, he goes, it's just one of those games when you had to grit your teeth and get through it. Oh, what a game. Which seems like a bad decision to grit your teeth once you've bitten your tongue because I would have thought that would have continued to well, create issues. Might... Poor choice of wording. <laughs> well, you think actually it's not a bad call that if he had grit his, grit his teeth in the first play, first play, uh, I'm, I'm having the same problem. He wouldn't have got his tongue stuck in there. I need, to, I need to grip my teeth. So, and of course, who, who, who knew that um, one of the consequences of playing rugby league is there's a lot of tongue action? Because he said, I was in extreme pain because my tongue kept on hitting the back of my mouth guard and it got more swollen. So every time I ran or moved my tongue, kept or moved, my tongue kept on hitting and caused more pain. So the tongue is obviously a muscle that's very much in play during rugby league. Yeah, well, and there's a lot of sports people who do. Um, Probably not so much in league, but you think of Brad Hogg and Hogg in the cricket and, and even Rodney Hogg, yeah. the, the players that put the tongue out. It, it's the mark of concentration. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah. It could be a good idea, Tomo, to keep it in your gob when you're, when you're concentrating. He um, went straight to a facial specialist uh, and he said it was squirting heaps. I was losing too much blood. It was just throbbing. And he had form because nine years ago he had busted nose, didn't get it looked at. And almost bled to death at home. I'm, I've never heard of anyone bleeding to death from a nose. Passed or a out in the shower tongue. and fell out of the shower. His partner found him on the floor. He passed out from a nose, but that is rare, isn't it? Must <laughs> I think it's a gushing hooter. But I think it's a bit more than the regular. It's been bleeding all night. Right. So the um, is he part of the royal covered family? in blood. <laughs> what, what's going on here? I reckon it might have just been really bad break. Really bad break. Right. He does throw himself in. He's, He's not been the drinking alcohol. What happened here? He's smashed into the. We're going to have to get Caruso on that again. Yeah, right. Okay, gotcha. Anyway, unsurprisingly, he said he couldn't sleep a wink that night but um, uh, and still didn't notice the blood gushing out of his nose. But at the end, I think the courage of the modern rugby league player is seldom in question and you can't question uh, Nosferatu, sorry, Joel's um, uh, uh, endeavour and application here. And because you need to stay hydrated and you've got a, a split tongue with a severed artery, he's, he's made the decision, I can't drink any water. So he's actually drunk his blood. Mm. For, and, and played great. So, I mean, they've gone pickle juice. 
It could be. Oh, that's not as good as blood, is it? The problem is it's... Drink blood. The problem is be a man. it's a closed system because you sweat and you lose fluid. Um, if you're drinking your own blood, you're not actually intaking fluid. It's fluid you've already got. So he's still losing fluid. But I don't it? think you understand, Dennis. He's just <laughs> blood and then he drink it. He drink <laughs> the blood. Yep. Stay hydrated. But yeah, it is a closed system, but it and seems to work for Bear Grylls with his own urine. <laughs> He loves yes, but that's the thing. He, he ejects blood, it, so it's out of his system. Then he brings it back well, in. Well, it's again. out of his tongue. It's in his mouth, and it goes down the throat. I, I, it, it seems almost, but but it's not brutally efficient and perfect. But your kidneys they extract fluid from your blood. Look, it's a short-term measure. <laughs> the Premier League game only goes for eighty minutes. All right. I, I would drink my blood over the Bear Grylls number. Yeah. Okay. Uh, really? Yeah, choice? No, I'd, be, I'd be a urine guy. Really? Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, you're in luck, Chris. <laughs> Thank oh. you very much. <laughs> Wow. It's only me and Todd Carney having comment. I'm here and, all week. And uh, Have you got that? Uh, how's your prostate? Because <laughs> Toddy does. Strong. Strong. Oh, horn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gentleman our age are quite impressed by Todd's <laughs> prostate strength. In there. Yeah. I remember Billy Birmingham came in and that's all he could talk about. He just goes, I don't care whether he did it or not. It's just the fact that he had a crack. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, terrific. And look, uh, when interviewed about that, about um, how was it, you know, sustaining yourself during a game by drinking your own blood, uh, Joel Thompson concluded it was better than Gatorade. Wow. We'll be back. Fire up's quite Australians. Keep watching closely. The few of these fellas are fired up. I think well, who wants big... to take the run? Takes us to your edge. How long have you supported the Brisbane Broncos? Well, I was born in 1986 and they were born in 1987, so for 33 years right. that they've been around. What's your first memory of the Brisbane Broncos? Oh, you know... Sustained success? It was 88. Yeah, 88. Was it 88? Yeah. Oh, right, okay, two years. Two years, I yeah, missed out there. <laughs> you know, my first one, sadly, I remember bits and pieces from games, but my first sad memory was Jason Taylor booting us out of the finals one year when he was playing for the Bears, and oh. I cried like a baby. Because I was so used to seeing us win. I was just so heartbroken. Were you about 17 at the time? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. I'm 33 now. The Bears have been going a lot longer. Than <laughs> for a long time. Jason Taylor Sadly. booting a winning field goal. That was a rare. Like he, he, he could kick. Was, that, was that at the footy Taylor. stadium? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think it was in Brisbane. Yeah, I was there. Were you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. And would Barney Bella would have been playing for Canterbury that particular year, I think? Because Marty Bella... I'd have put it in 94. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was yeah when yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Marty Bell knocked you guys went on to win. Grand yeah, right, yeah, yeah, beating yeah. Canterbury. But Bell was in the crowd, just absolutely entertained by the fact that the two teams were you know knocking themselves senseless yep. and all that sort of thing. Yeah, little knowing that he then would be remembered for knocking on the kickoff in the grand final and playing the ball backwards in an Origin game. Right? Yes. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Seems harsh, doesn't it? Yeah. Also, Willie Kahn scoring a million tries. Like yes. I remember Will, Willie Kahn being at like 90 degrees and 90 degrees of his body, still like old school um, sideline post, goal, you know, oh, the thing, the corner around post. the corner post, yeah. around, bent around. Oh, my God. I just love it. Ke uh, Kevy Walters, Alfie Langer, Who was your, your favourite Bronco? Alfie Langer. Probably Alfie. Yeah, well, Susie Alfie Rene, Susie Renee put him in that team. Oh, the Pearl. Mate, Steve, mate. I thought Steve you were going to say Brody so Croft. good. No. <laughs> Oh, bro. I watched, I watched some you know, highlights didn't make the cut. He, he was... Renouf was unbelievable. Oh, he's so good. As a centre man, the, the lines he'd run or Renouf? Yeah. Oh, Susie. Susie Sang's or Renouf. That was it. We always called him Susie Sang. The uh, Deadly Maroons currently spruiking the Good Tucker cookbook, by good the way. Good Fast Tucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah Good yeah, Fast yeah. Tucker. Yeah, Ooh, terrific. Yeah. Good cause to get behind. Well, I listened to Steve. Actually, I don't know if I was just saying. I listened to Steve on the NRL podcast as well. I, I love him. He's oh, yeah. great. Oh, he's fantastic. He's great. And, and really... In 2015, 
again. I was there. Oh, 25th. So you're, was you're I. One, you're one tackle away from glory. Premiership glory for Wayne. Yeah. Man of the match, Anthony Milford. Yeah. When you walked away disconsolate from the stadium, did you realise that it was all over then? Because that seems to be what's happened. I didn't know what the hell had happened because we'd won six from six grand finals. I, I knew as soon as Ben Hunt tackled that bloke, he spear tackled the bloke on the 20 metre line and then they got a penalty upfield, blah, 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 blah. Michael Warden, shift, 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 missed the guy in the corner. It was hor- I just had a sinking feeling right. from then. It went down. And then it was horrible because I felt like I was killed twice. Yeah, like right. We were down the other end of the stadium and I saw and I saw JT kick the ball. You know, for all money, it looked like he kicked it. And then so it hit the post. And I went, what what, what the <laughs> hell just happened there? Right. Well, as Rabbit said, it's a horror show. <laughs> yeah. So then, then I stood up because I thought if I'm going to – I thought I'd rather I'd rather die standing up. Yeah. I thought from that point I stood up at that point. I just had a sinking feeling. It's like a midnight also. Yeah. <laughs> Hunt drops it and I go, okay, here we go. And then it was all I was almost it was like you watched the bullet as it came. Yeah. <laughs> in open in Agassiz's book, he talks about like that pull of feeling of winning and losing and what what happens there. And as soon as Hunt made that spear tackle on the twenty, I felt the pull of the loss. Yeah, yeah, right. Like and you've been pulled off ever since. Right? Y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no comment. The, the allegations are still pending on that. Yeah, right. Um, so so I, mean, I hate to get technical here, but bear witness on that particular night and, and perhaps unusual for Wayne, I felt like in that last 20 minutes uh, of Ivan Cleary style, you tried to manage the game. You tried to shut it down, kick for the sidelines, slow it down, etc. I feel you stopped playing footy. We did. Yet yeah, you were 16, 12. one tackle away. Yep. Sorry to dwell yeah. on that. It, it, but if, you, if you're going to go there, Chris... Mm-hmm. If you're going to go there and say you tried to manage the game, wouldn't bringing on a couple of tackling machines 10 minutes to go when you're only six <laughs> points up, wouldn't that be managing the game and perhaps... What are you referring to, Dennis? Oh, was it Popchi and... Uh, Hardwick. And Hardwick yeah. that came on in the... Recent recipient of the best mullet in rugby league history. And deservedly so. Knocked Although, out. boy, that's because Adam Mariota, Mariota hasn't played yet. When Adam Mariota... I don't know if you watched the game on the weekend... <clears throat> the Raiders, I saw it. The Raiders ball boy yeah. was inappropriate. He was jumping all over. When, the, when they scored a try, he was jumping all over them, the ball boy. He's in the bubble, so he's allowed to. He has the <laughs> finest mullet. It is full business on top. Yeah. And it gets to about earline at the back, and then it explodes. It's like a razor head, like the Triple J exploding head. Boom! It comes out the back. It is the best mullet in league. Now, he hasn't played he hasn't, NRL yet. Not, so he's not credible. Because I think of the current crop, no pun intended, it's Jai Arrow. Um, <laughs> oh, this, this second, guy makes... But this guy eclipses Arrow? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Arrows and, is pretty good. And in that I poll, like in that poll a high value. Um, Former Bronco and he's, Jai And he's Arrow. had a, a, a rocky life. But uh, Tierra Nacau <laughs> was remembered. Who oh, dominated yeah, that's, in that's... the 99 grand final. Sensational. Oh, he's saying dominated the mullets. Because <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say, because this is going to sound like Billy Joel, uh, we didn't start the fire. And my mate always says, for somebody who didn't start the fire, he knows an awful lot about it. That's true. But this sounds, this is a lot. Since 2015, one second away, Milford would have got the Clive Churchill medal, as, as you say there. Possibly should, should have. Then people go, oh, Milford, Milford, what's Milford? He can't play 5'8". What's going on? I'm thinking, well, he nearly won the grand final and was the best player on the field at 5'8". So it seemed like he was pretty good in 2015, guys. Like, what's happened here? Yeah, that's five years ago, Reg. It was five... And- 
and, and, and Milford is almost a bellwether for what's going on at your club. But this is what I'm saying. It triggered a series of dominoes, like confidence, like we'd won six in a row. Now what the hell are we? Now what's happening here? Is that your theory? You, you, you is this had, 2015 yes. hangover? Oh, well, hell there you yeah. Go. What do you reckon? Hell does? yeah. We that, have them in the same sense. That's like the opposite of a five-year plan. That's like, <laughs> I mean, do you have a plan when, you know, you lose you lose your dad or your wife or whatever? Like, no, you just go into fits of depression and get worse and worse. But if you look at it... And that's what's happened if you, to if us. If you look at it in a microcosm, what yeah. seems to happen to the Broncos is they get in there and they compete and they're willing. And at halftime, you know, I had Dennis going, oh, why did the Broncos decide to turn up this week? And I said, Dennis... Just wait, Just mate. wait for the second half. But it's <laughs> a chance. But it seems that in a micro level, the first bit of adversity within a game right now, the 2020 Broncos dissolve. In a macro level, what you're suggesting is that, that one event has actually set has in stone set the decline in... of the once great franchise. Yeah, it's like like a chaos theory, like a chaos theory of degradation that's just gotten worse and worse and so it's shoveled. And so it's had a huge knock-on effect. Who did the who did the tackle that gets? So it's Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt ben tackled Hunt was the, the spear tackle. Yeah, Ben Hunt flapped his wings yeah. in the rainforest and <sighs> the whole world and, and walked away yeah. with one point two million dollars a year at the Dragons. <laughs> He's doing okay. <laughs> Drop ball and all. Now, what about some of the more recent incidents? Like, it, it's almost like it's real time. Like, from the moment we booked you, because I said, Reg, any chance of you coming on? He says, my diary is wide open. <laughs> Thomas Flegler, I think, gone for the year. Shoulder. He's going to play before yeah. the shoulder surgery, potentially, this weekend. They're that short on troops. That makes sense. Payne Haas suspended. Yeah. Lodge did his leg. Um, have you ever... I mean, it's also the, the hospital ward. What, what, what do you attribute this to? Oh, uh, well, you know, there's also that uh, six again, there's more more ball and play, et cetera. People getting tired. I, I don't know. We're, we're done. I, I like your theory about people, they need a bit of a break from this. They're going to the, the Broncos are going to the Everton Park Hotel, which which I've been to. Yeah, or, what's that like? Uh, it, it's like 50 other clubs in, uh, in Brisbane where uh, like floral kind of uh, chintz, Fabric seating. Oh, nice. Um, Sounds like my house. Through there. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, the controversy about is it a bar, is it a pub, I, I, sorry, a restaurant, is it a pub, it's definitely more of a restaurant and it's it's not the Ritz. I, I, I would say that much. It's not Grappa, that's right, for sure. Right, because <laughs> yeah. that's that's also going to be breaking news is the NRL is going to decide today, being Tuesday the, I don't know, 18th, 18th of October, August, August. 2020, that whether they're going to be fine because the behaviour was within the Queensland guidelines but it might have breached the NRL COVID bubble guidelines. And the issue would be in that restaurant setup, are the uh, poker machines part of a feature of the restaurant or do they exist in a separate area? Poker machine feature. Uh, they're separate. They're slight. Subliminal. I think from memory it's a and, separate area. And if we go back to Harpoon oh. Harry's... Before the Parramatta game last yeah, year, that was no lockdown for us. There. there was no lockdown there. No, correct. So, so, you know they're okay to do it. Though of course, Harper and Harry's been in the news. Um, <laughs> that, what, what is it about the Broncos and poker machines? Is this because it's, it's seen as dangerous up in Queensland? An alternative? It's because it works out so well for us when we do get on the pokies, Chris. <laughs> you know, fifty-eight nil. That just, was man. I was at Bankwest that day, as, that day as well. That got so bad that like we were doing our Broncos da 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 when we got a penalty. That was, that was, mate. Were you there in that game? I was there. Oh, my goodness. I was there. Oh, I wish well, I wasn't. It's a throwback because pokies were illegal in Queensland up until the 90s. And, and New South Wales still, New South Wales, of all territories in the world, 10% of the world's pokies are in this state. Is that right? Really? So for it's all insane. the illegal stuff Sir Joe loved, he didn't, want, didn't, didn't allow pokies. He didn't allow pokies. <laughs> well, I, maybe they didn't pay him personally. Maybe they didn't. Maybe the pokies didn't give him brown paper bags. Yeah, they right. They paid the New South Wales government masses of tax. So that's why the New South Wales government loves them. That's why there's so many here. And the Queenslanders probably, they walked in the room at Harpoon Harry's, being used to 
of pubs in Brisbane might have a, a line of pokies and just saw a field of miles and miles of pokies. Like, wow, you get lost in there. Wow, yeah. Well, it is. A lot of it's built on pokey money. Right. Rugby league, like if you yeah, look yeah. at the nuts seagulls, and bolts that's of it. why that's Gold Coast Seagulls when their leagues. What club, a team! It was it was the best. It was this six story leagues club, and every Wednesday pension day, yeah. there will be buses coming across the tweet of pensioners throwing their money into the pokies, and that's why Gold Coast Seagulls had the like their leagues club. We, we played there made of in gold. The 90s. It was fantastic. <laughs> we drove the band truck into this little room, and whoosh, the truck was on the stage, on the 1,500-seat auditorium. Beautiful. So instead of having to unload and lug all the crap upstairs, we're just dumping it out on the stage going, how good? And this very attractive woman in a short skirt and heels comes over and goes, you boys want the ride now? And out came two more women carrying beers and wine, and we're going, we're a what? shitty covers band. <laughs> We've never drunk wine. What the hell's going on here? What's that? The, oh, you got long necks. Oh, well, it's red. <laughs> Did, Love seagulls. Did did the club morph its name from seagulls through Giants, Chargers, Titans, or is it, it always, the same club. always been the seagulls? It was the same. It was the Gold Coast. I, I, many, many, many years ago, I went to Sweden via Denmark and caught a ferry from I think I don't know, Copenhagen, wherever to to Malmo. Right, yeah. and there were a whole bunch of drunk Swedes because alcohol was prohibitively expensive because of the the laws in in Sweden. So what everyone would do was hop on the ferry, load up, absolutely get tanked in <laughs> Denmark and, and they go home. home. <laughs> this is the explanation. Joby Oki Peterson is almost single-handedly responsible for the decline of the Brisbane Broncos right now. <laughs> now, if there's a if there's a bellwether, it has to be your boy Tavita Pangai Jr., who oh, used to be your TPJ. boy, Jennifer, am I correct? He was, he was I, our boy. Do you, re, do you regret losing him? Whoo, boy. He's a, a bit like Anthony Milford. There's, there are people, there are very uncharitable people on some Canberra forums oh, saying... you miss him. Milford. Just like Shannon Boyd, you miss him. <laughs> dodged a bullet is the word with Milford. Um, <laughs> like, oh, I'd love to have Boydie back. Dodged I, a cannonball. Boydie. Bo- I love Boydie. Still love Boydie. Well, he, but he's going to go back to the farm in Cowra and just farm, farm good on him. cattle. Yeah, Shannon Boyd. Good on him. So we, 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 how do you feel about Tavita before we go through his rap sheet? I don't... I don't like. I, I think he's a hell of a forward when he's on, and I I love his aggression. I think he's like a Gordy Taller style playing um, forward. I just think he gets sent off too much. Um, what you think, and, Gordon didn't? Yeah. <laughs> don't talk to me. Just well, go. I, Gordon, I, Gordon's a hundred times the player that Tavita Pankai Junior. is. I Ooh, I, I, I wow. fancy. Um, still now. Yeah, still now. Man, I love Gordy. Well, look at, geez, Louise, I love Gordy. He's retired. Did yeah, cushion. He's no answer. <laughs> He doesn't like your club either, from what I can tell. Uh, Tavita, mate, Tavita Banco Jr. caught up Nick Politis and is like shopping himself round. So he's going to bikey, like barbershop bikey clubs. And I'm pretty sure that Nick Politis went the uh, Breaking Bad line and said, I'm the one who calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Robbo went, not on my watch, bub. <laughs> Thanks, mate. He did actually say bub? He did. He just, can, couldn't you imagine? <laughs> not on my watch, bub. <laughs> he just went, uh, whatever the French version of that is. <laughs> uh, well, not on my watch, bub. Uh, TPJ, you do not call me. Mon petit chouffle. Mon petit <laughs> He simply said to Vida, say my name. <laughs> But the, now, if I, if we put this into context, Tavita has been fined by the NRL, and they are indicating they won't register him for another club this year. The Broncos are attempting to, and there's been an argument: can you tear up an electronic? Sack him. Can you te- can you tear up an electronic DocuSign contract these days? <laughs> and so, so he's trying to resist being dismissed from the Broncos and indicate that he's keen to play now. 
Some of the things he's mm. done, he's appointed a legal team. He's got uh, the team of uh, Lionel Hutz and Dennis Denudo from the castle. <laughs> so essentially, yeah. So yeah, essentially, right. his defence will be it's a vibe thing. Yep, fair okay. enough. Okay, um, right. That's a really popular word. These I don't. I, I'm sure you boys are both watching Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, that sort of deal. Oh, on Not repeat, enough. right? Yeah, I, yeah, I did yeah. get shown the uh, the redhead. Oh, the, the, about the ranger? That is spectacular. That is terrific. That is one of that the finest terrific. pieces of television. I no one has my seen. hair colour or my bone structure. Oh, wow. Uh, th- th- those shows chart modern language. So over the course of these shows, mm. imp- important words have been process, journey, connection. Do you think but right now it's vibing. Do you think that the Shakespeare of our time, that people are going to, you know, 400 years is going to be transcripts? Yes. Maybe e-transcripts. The of evolution shows, of the language. Look, look, look at how, this is how, the, isn't it amazing, the generation of language there. I think someone said, he's, he, he, he's, he's, he's taking me unseriously, I think they said the other day. Oh, jeez, beautiful. Okay, so, um, so he'll be defending the vibe thing. So yeah. the Uncle Nick thing he's explained because apparently peer-to-peer he's rung Politis up to say, how do we make the Broncos successful again, Nick? So, yeah. so would that be what you would do is ring the chairman of one of your most hated rivals <laughs> and say, give us the keys to the as kingdom? A, as a player, as a young player in a young up and in a, in a rebuilding club, you just call a CEO because like you're saying, peer-to-peer, <laughs> long-standing uh, <clears throat> Nick Politis. Well, well, you do admire his moxie because you also said he was ringing up to Chip Politis who had unloaded 100,000 of his 200,000 Broncos shares. Conflict of interest. I always thought that Pilates, they just we just got along, the Roosters and the Broncos. They didn't know that he owned 10% of our club. Do the players, as part of their contract, when they sign up, do the Broncos give them the portfolio and say, here's, here's our shareholders, here's who's got what? Do they sit, is he sitting there on, on E-Trade going, oh, hang on a second, Nick? Well, (laughs) what you do after your career in football is important. So, you know, taking an active interest. And it's an interesting point about you are a public institution, right? That stage may be very soon for Tabita (laughs) Brancard Jr. So Ben Eichen, who's applied for the job for CEO, CEO, surprise, surprise, Mm. there have been more than 500 applications received because it's a public deal. I know. Well, I applied. They haven't got back to me. No response? No response. The word is that Eichen's the front runner because he's actually been able to explain to them with one of his spreadsheets how the the Broncos will attract JobKeeper. He needs a PowerPoint presentation. He's got it for sure. Yeah, Yeah. right. Um, A couple of other things uh, that uh, he's uh, uh, argued was, I did get a haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. I'll let him off, Your Honour. Yeah, great. Okay, Lionel. Yeah, fair enough. Would you take him back? Uh, No. No, I wouldn't. No. What about when they asked him? You know, so many players. Tavita, can, can you guarantee? Yeah, exactly. No Flegler, no Haas, no Lodge. Mm. Flegler no looks like a big Dearden, by the way. They just look like he looks like he's just yeah, expanded. Yeah, expanded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When they asked Tavita, hey Tavita, you know, can you, are you not going to do any more COVID breachy stuff? I can't guarantee that. He says at the meeting. Well, that, that's the, that's probably the heart of it, isn't he? he says, I can't guarantee that I can. I won't breach the bubble, and apparently. And we'll hopefully find out there have been other breaches. But you were so bad. You not only are you missing C Oates, you're also missing Xavier Coates. I mean, it's just a train wreck. Dennis, the game had yeah. a, an interesting feature with an unusual captain's challenge. Can you unravel that for us? Another um, disaster for the Broncos. What it seemed unpacking it was that the Broncos made a captain's challenge and lost on a technicality because what they challenged was wrong. Uh, they, they they said that there was a, a knock on by Jackie Boy White and God, sorry, as Jake Turpin from the but, Broncos was yeah. trying to pass the ball. And so they get it right, him, mate. And they <laughs> they call it a knock on. No, no, Jack Turpin knocked on. Yeah, and they the Broncos said no, no, it was Jackie Boy White and that knocked on, and that's what the challenge was. 
and they found out actually Jackie Boy Whiten didn't touch the ball. He touched the hand of Jake Turpin, making him, you know, lose the ball. But the referee on field had said Jake Turpin had taken a step and thus Jackie Boy was allowed to touch his hand because if you move out of the ruck, the marker can grab out and touch your hand. But the video showed that he hadn't moved his feet and that Jackie Boy was offside, but you can't captain's challenge that. Now, apparently the, the article says that you can, the bunker can overall add in an extra thing, but because the ref took over, it somehow it, it screwed up. And, and we've got Annesley again coming out and saying, oh, yeah, the bunker got that wrong. Despite the fact that we have sheets and sheets and sheets and sheets and sheets, the bunker got no, it wrong. No, 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 he said the referee got it wrong. The referee got it wrong. The referee got The bunker could have intervened. But the referee was overzealous. The technology, we've got to get it out of the game. It cost so the, us the so game, the bunker, <laughs> Oh, it did. That was a yeah, turning that point that was a game. turning point it was game. Right, like, Oh, boy. Yeah. It, I, I, at that point, I was thinking, we've dodged a bullet here. Yeah. The Broncos train is <laughs> <laughs> leaving the platform and they just you know, pulled the coal out of it just there. So, speaking of bullets, uh, the Vodafone Warriors have... Um, received a potential shot across the bows this week where they've been instructed according to the exclusivity arrangement that Telstra has with the NRL around voice carriage, I guess, or something like that, that they can no longer be called the Vodafone Warriors going forward next year, which after 22 proud years has sent that franchise into a spin. First question I had, Dennis, was Huawei Raiders. Surely that jersey has to go. Uh, no, because Huawei is... Well, they want to be a carrier, but they're not a competitive carrier because the government won't let them be because they're the Chinese government. Because right, so they're, they're government a front Australia for the Chinese Communist said, Party, right? No. Sorry, we're not going to... But we'll still the, take their money we'll, down in we'll Canberra. We'll take their money mm. and we'll take their handsets. Right. So they, so they are selling hardware. Do you have a Huawei handset? I have a picture of Huawei on my handset with uh, Adam Mariota, and that's the mullet we were discussing. That's, Come on. that's a no. Yeah. Show that for the camera. <laughs> there it is. There is Adam Mariota. Oh, oh. boy. Um, so that so there's no competition because Vodafone is actually a carrier competing with Telstra's monopoly. Well, they don't have a monopoly. They have a monopoly. The NBN has a monopoly. We won't go into that. Um, so that's that's where the problem is. So the, if you're a manufacturer, it's fine, but you can't be a competitor. I, I kind of get it. It'd be like having Optus. Yeah. I, I tell you what, though. I mean, one of my great stories and joys was in 2004, I went over to see the whatever they were called then, probably Auckland Warriors take on the Sydney. That's right. Sydney Roosters. Famous for the big Guttenbeel hit, uh, and Moz did the square up the following year. But I watched the Vodafone Warriors play the, the, Siemens. the Samsung Roosters Samsung. at Ericsson Stadium for the Telstra Premiership. Wow. See, I, I always thought there was something where they could be the Vodafone Warriors in New Zealand. So that the, the, the way they got away with it was because they're in New Zealand, and Telstra doesn't have jurisdiction. Where is Vodafone, by the way? Vodafone, it's a it's a little hamlet right. in the north of England. Oh, gotcha. I believe. So if you just outside all, if you lost your sponsorship, and I'll put this to you first, Reg. I mean, God knows who sponsors the Broncos now. No one's watching. Have a look at the ratings. What sponsorship hmm. would you? You've got the Powers Channel jersey 9, on. Isn't it? Channel yeah. Nine sponsors the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, the Broncos. Okay. Who would you like to see back on the jersey? What are the ones you you really vibed on? Oh, I don't like Powers from the old days or yes. Ergon Energy. Ergon they were Energy. like they, they were, still around. Yeah, no, I don't think they are. Isn't, I mean, don't you feel Seaquev and then Ergon Energy? Don't you feel energy companies are like they're, they're sort of like a modern version of uh, cars? You know, you know the, the Toyota Impressor. They're all these made up names, the yeah. Celica or whatever. These uh, energy names just come and go, don't they? Well, there, they there is Actu AGL, which is Australian Capital Territory Electricity Water and Gas Limited. Now, off the tongue. Now, I always thought it was Actiwaggle, but. I'm, 
<laughs> and they were rated as, I thought it was the Acti Waggle, you know, they had the Acti Waggle as the, which is a great name for a short. If you've got a pair of shorts and you saw Rupana, he's waggling his. Well, he was Acti Waggling. Yeah. He was Acti Waggling 100%. So I think that's a great, you'd have that milk. Cabra milk. Oh, they're still be called milk. the milk. Yeah. The milk is still a short sponsor as well, and we do love that. Um, Woodges sadly is, is bankrupt. The, 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 Woodges was a big one. Like Woodges was the original Raiders, and the one the jumper that every Raiders fan wants is McFadden Holmes, because Woodges went bankrupt, and so uh, it was nineteen ninety. So they were eighty nine in nineteen ninety. Woodges went bankrupt, so the sponsorship for nineteen ninety was going to be McFadden Holmes. The Raiders went to play the World Club Challenge with the McFadden Holmes jersey. McFadden Holmes then promptly went bankrupt, so they needed another sponsor, which came video easy. So, oh, was it milk? No, the milk came in. The milk came in. So the McFadden Holmes jersey has been played in once in the World Club Is Challenge that right? only. Prize. And when you see someone at Bruce Stadium wearing McFadden Holmes jersey, you just people just stop and clap. Because that is the ultimate. And if you've got a favourite jersey design for the Bronx? It'll be the 1988, like the early, early. Yeah, yeah I've been asking it for a birthday present for about 10 years. No, no one's listening to no, Not the Harlequin no one. one? No one has gotten it for it. Oh, I do love that as well. That'll be number two. You've got the, you've that got was that. number one for a long Yeah, I already have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They that, went didn't the Broncos went tearless? I'm oh, that was dreadful. Yeah, we don't talk about that. that <laughs> I'm, like the I'm, thing I'm not influenced uh, at all by jersey sponsorship, but um, I didn't get an Uber here today. I hired a car from Avis. Sure. Because I yeah, left yeah. my Proton in the garage. Mm. Um, it was listening to my Phillips CD play over. Your garage, is that in your uh, Meriton In my apartment? Meriton home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is an Alpha Micro iPad. Look, Reg, before we go to the break, Blake Williamson from Fire Up has reached out. He's concerned because we posted the picture of that Broncos fan with the brown paper bag on their head down at... Bruce Ca- Stadium. Canberra Stadium, is it? Bruce yeah. Stadium. Sorry, Bruce Stadium. What is it? What is it actually now? Is it GIO? They call it GIO. Thank you very but much. It's, 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 no, it's actually Bruce Stadium. So on our Facebook page, you can see this punter Broncos jersey with a big brown paper bag on his head yeah. with the word Y written on it. Yeah. And Blake says, tell Reg to reach out to Uncle Wayne at Redfern. Wayne has the keys to the glory, glory wooden spoon cabinet and could probably lend the Bronx a couple of them just to assist with the upcoming familiarity. And then he goes on to Thanks. say... <laughs> Thanks a lot. Where are we? <laughs> Bear with me. I hate this when the technology doesn't work. One moment, um, please. <laughs> And as far as welfare go, can we please give a big fire-up shout-out to the Mullumbibby Giants? Oh. Hey, boys, how are you going? Doing it tough after getting flogged by Ballina last Sunday. That'll be uh, – Ballina, isn't that the uh, Todd Carney team? Well, there you oh, go. Oh, is he Byron? He's the Byron. I think he's Byron, the I think. I, I, all I remember is the Atherton Roosters. Yeah. Love the Giants. <laughs> Played at Mullumbibby Leagues many, many times back in the day. Go your good things, the Giants. It was our home ground. You're on fire-ups quite a strike. Roosters have got themselves one. Oh, rugby league, you magnificent beast. For the last time today, you were on Fire Ups Quite Australia. No Stephen Ferris, part of Dennis Carnahan, most of Chris Gale and all of Bronco Reg. Reg, we're really pleased that you're here because we are, let's face it, concerned about you. Now, this, as I, I said, it's a podcast. Out. You can't have breaking news. But nonetheless, the breaking news is that Sean Johnson has released a public statement Thank ahead goodness. of the judiciary hearing tonight into the Kevin Proctor biting allegations. And I will just quote a little bit from it because it's fun. Uh, time to clear... And I won't do the New Zealand accent. Go on. No, Come no, on now. On. No way, bro. No way. Um, time to clear the air and let you know where I stand on what happened during last week's game. He bit the hell out... No, sorry. Um, this is not an apology. After this post, I won't be talking about it again. I want to come back to that. So take what you want from it and jog on. To the media outlets that likely grab this and twist it... Don't. <laughs> 
Um, do I believe Kev had, had a nibble on my arm? At the time, yes, I did. Otherwise, I wouldn't have reached out, reacted the way I did. Since then, I've spoken to Kev and he told me that he didn't and I believe him. So essentially he's saying I wasn't bitten. Not his go. No, exactly. Not his go. Um, I'll be supporting Kev at the judiciary tonight where I can. However, given that I've just said I'm not speaking on the matter again, I won't be offering any oral support. Oral support? Um, this is where I stand. Take from it what you want. It's hard when you read it because he either was or wasn't bitten and he either did fake it or didn't fake is this it. It's written by a lawyer. Yeah. It's very ambiguous. Sean says, I'm it's not, not here written to... by Hemingway. That's for sure. I'll say. I'm not here to please everyone. And I know the did he bite debate has divided the rugby league community, of which we're an example, which is fine, but I'll remain honest and transparent to myself, not to anyone else, but just to myself and those who follow me. Those who have sent messages of support through, I really appreciate it. Good on you, Sean. And to those calling me a snitch or a rat, well, hey, maybe I am. <laughs> but all I'm thinking about is my team and winning a game of footy. So what do you take from that? He was just seeking a competitive edge in the ambivalent issue when your destructive mechanism happens to be around the molars of your opponent. Well, I, I think he's actually making a play for a post-game career, post career. Yeah. And we were discussing that earlier. And As a politician. In what contentious book, 1788, he describes the lawyer's <laughs> job as compiling volumes of tautology in order to get the neighbour's property off them. And that, to me, is a compilation of volumes of tautology. It's wonderful. Sign him up. I, I just had to take what I took from it and then had to jog on. So I don't have that much. <laughs> it's, it's I've already advice, though. Jogged just on. Jog on. <laughs> now, it sounds like, all right, jog on, mate. What, the, are, you, what are you doing? You know, uh, all right. The, okay, Sean. The, 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 on top, on now. the cherry on top of the strawberry milkshake for the Canberra Raiders <laughs> defeating the Brisbane Broncos, Dennis, was Jordan Rappiner's victory dance. In the dressing rooms, what was the context? What was going on there? Well, it was his birthday? Right, happy it was birthday, his thirty-first birthday, and thirty-first, not thirty-first, and he uh, he had scored a try. He had two disallowed, and one of them was one out of three ain't bad. Well, as, as uh, Meatloaf didn't say, but one of them he was taken by your Katoni Stags. Oh yeah, and what he was a taken player! High. And it was a lot like well, he the, loves a toe. Uh, the incident. Oh, Katoni, Katoni, yeah, exactly. Katoni, yeah, right. The forearm, the meaty part that the Sean sucker. Johnson didn't get bitten. Okay. Went across Rappiner's gob, right? As Rappiner was about to put the ball down. Now the video ref has come up and gone. He got hit high after he's in touch, and there's the freeze frame as the video ref is saying it of Jordan Rappiner clearly, sorry Rappiner clearly, not in touch <laughs> with the the forearm in his gob. He was hit before he went into touch, and yet the video referee is saying. Uh, the exact opposite. Oh, there's got to be an investigation. Free. There should be an investigation. Because we only want, you know, we only just got away with that game. As you've just asserted, you know, if had the video ref got it right with Jackie Boy, we could have lost that game. I know, man. And that try by and it could have been important. So he had two disallowed on his 31st birthday. There should have been some sort of ruling. It's his birthday. Come on. Let's give him a penalty try and put it on the board. <laughs> it it so seems Raps like the NRL has a lot. He, he came into the dressing room. and Now, Raps leads the team song. This right. is why they're so happy to have him back and why they're winning more with him back. Because what are they going to do if, if, if they win? Who's it's like leading having, that song? Like having um, Gary in the, the Australian cricket team. Gary is the holder of the song. Raps is that. It was his birthday, so he's down and he's Raiders budgie smugglers only. And then he does... Boy, he wouldn't. J Lo was blushing when she watched what he was doing. Elvis Presley from uh, East Germany, where he's living, or wherever he's to living. To say nothing of Cardi B with her WAP clip. <laughs> Elvis is watching, going, "Look at him!" Because Elvis was all lateral movement, and Elvis wasn't quite as direct. And he was going, "Wow, 
Jordan Ruffiner, he plays direct when he uses his <laughs> hips. He's not going side to side. Straightens up the defence. And he straightens it up and he stiffens up the defence when he comes on as well. And what's more, I think it would, it would have been one of the Poms. I think it, was, it wasn't it was Whitehead, it was the... Um, the big lad. Uh, Bateman, uh, Hodgson. The big lad. Sutton. Sutton. Thank you. Right. He knows the name Sutton well, does Redfern Pat. And Sutton's gone to pull his pants down. And he's tumbled over backwards. Cheeky. Like, it's great moment. He was just, he's essentially just happy because he got the hell out of rugby union, I think. Now, now Joy, Joy is a, a rare commodity in rugby league. But, Dennis, you've been commenting about mm. how happy the Penrith Panthers have been. Well, nine wins in a row makes you happy, Reg. You'd be over the moon. But you've got a theory? You would <laughs> One win, you'd be happy. <laughs> I'd be happy with one, yeah. You'd be happy with a penalty. We did beat the Bulldogs. You'd be happy with a six again. This yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Da, 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 da. Far and, out. And what's your theory? Well, they've been very happy. Like, seeing them way at the start of their nine nine win run, they were, they were just happy. They're happy to be playing together. Now, this is an unusual thing in rugby league, to see there's joy. There's joy. And I wonder partly if it's the coach, Ivan Cleary, and you'd suggest he's the most evil man in league. Yeah, well, you've, that's You've said fact. that on this show, yeah. that the kiss blowing, the, the pointing to the Game management. Can I just suggest I think he's become more evil since his hair has become like a little bit more fashionable? Like he's kind of grown mm. it out a little bit more and maybe yeah, a bit image of conscious. oil. Yeah. yeah, and it actually looked like since Phil's gone, Daggy Phil Gould has gone, I think Ivan's like, oh, he's gone to a hairdresser or something. And he's, like, he's worried what people think of him. Well, look, I mm. mentioned... Well, I'll tell you what we think of you, Ivan. We hate you. What did he, what did he bring to the Tigers? The bus. What did he take from the Tigers? The bus. What was arrested in the city this uh, this weekend for breaking COVID protocols? And well, I think there was a there was a strain of some particular tune coming from a large pink panther bus, the pink party bus, the pink panther party bus. What sort of tune are you suggesting it was? Ooh, hello. There is there is in Penrith a bus. It's called the Pink Party Bus. Now, I was at Penrith Park. Oh, boy. They play this at Bankwest Stadium, by the way, as the Tigers beat the Bulldogs. Hello, Andrew Rose. I believe you. Oh, hello. (laughs) When I was in Penrith a couple of weeks ago, I saw the Penrith Party Bus, and this was playing on it. And there were flashing lights. And on the front, where it said destination, it said, it came up and said, I'm no vegetarian. And then it went black, and then it said... But I'm off my chops right now. <laughs> and you thought you thought it was a cabal of those young women. I thought it was new. Looking, looking, I thought it was Penrith New Balls. Looking to looking. TikTok with Nathan Cleary, and it was That's, Ivan and the boys. Ivan and the boys heading into town to break COVID protocols, Bronco style, oh, but yeah. with joy. Well, you know, they might ultimately be happy if they stay healthy. They might get the big cheese this year. Let's face it. I hope so. Our teams, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think Canberra's so. Canberra's still in the mix. Now, one final issue to cover off today is that Ivan, of course, got in a lot of trouble for his vicious, unwarranted attack on the referees, saying it looked like they were managing the game in a monotone. It is terrible. And as the sort of fracturing overlord, Peter Volandis himself, who we've barely mentioned today, described the behaviour as deplorable. Mm. Now, Manly had a... Pretty difficult rubber the green uh, in terms of penalty count and so forth in their loss. Close loss to 10-3, the 11-3, Knights. Yeah. Well, it was 11-4, but we'll, we'll hear somewhat different in a moment. And uh, it caused Des Hasler to opine the following at his post-match press conference. Uh, he had a weight possession. Supposed to be a, a game to increase fatigue, but he... Uh, Ashley found 11-3 penalty count, so that'd be my only grot. 11-3 against... 
yeah, it kind of kept him in the game. I don't mind the 11 against. I just want a few more than three. Yeah, I caught a good Newcastle for offside for at least six times, so give Bernie Sutton to do a review of Ashley and his penalties there. Does saying Bernie Sutton needs to review Ash- Ashley Klein's referee? I was being facetious, yeah. Being facetious? Yeah, it's just a joke. <laughs> So school, te- school teacher Des Hasler there, who taught English, correct? Oh, and PE. Yeah, and PE. Um, to me, he said it kind of looked like uh, they were being brought back into the game or something like that. And, of course, the journal bails him out because, to me, that sounded ad item with what Cleary said, but then he was able to explain to the throng that he was being facetious. Reg, do you have any idea what facetious and, means? And then he had to... Oh, uh, no, I'm from Queensland. What are you talking about? I'm illiterate. Um, then he goes, oh, facetious. Oh, hang on, nobody will know what that means. Right? Uh, it was joking. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of uh, Kevin Proctor's lawyer? Because I think Kevin needs to go up and say... No, Tim Fuller. He didn't bite him. He was being facetious. That's all. <laughs> There's no teeth marks, just facetious. That'd be a gag. Sean Johnson, I don't, he didn't bite me. I was just being facetious. I wanted the penalty. That's what he said. Can, can you define facetious for us, Dennis? Oh, do you want a dictionary definition? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I know you've got it printed here. I'm not going to look at it. It, it means you're joking. <laughs> it's almost like when, when George says, like, I quit, I quit, and then goes back in on Monday and says, oh, I was just joking. I was joking. I, I think it's right? actually, I think facetiousness will be part of irony. I think it's pretty close to, like, like toties? Or sa- maybe Treating satire? serious mm. issues with deliberately inappropriate humour or flippant. Um, when FBI tries to take the intellectual property and fire up, we'll just rename our show. Facetious. Now, uh, Dennis, in yeah. wrapping up, I believe that you had a moment with Des at a press conference. Des, well, I had... Um, I was at a press conference which Des was speaking at and I was just... I should not have been under the stadium, but I was there for various reasons. And the press conference on, the guy I was with said, oh, do you want to come and sit in the press conference? Like, hell yeah, I'll see Desi. The... Um, Manly had lost that night and it was a fairly demoralising loss and there was a little refereeing issue. There was a, a point the referees made which Desi took umbrage with and you could feel the room was a little bit electric because people were sitting there going, Desi's going to blow. Desi's going to blow. It appeared that Desi had been given the, the authority to spend 10 grand and just unload. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. I've got my old Nokia phone and I put it to record audio because Nokia, like they were real phones that could record audio and had buttons. So I recorded it, put it down on the table and sat there in the front row in the corner. And the press conference starts and Desi goes, right, before you ask any questions, I'm going to answer the obvious one. Then my phone rings. And have you got it there? Yeah, breaker one nine. This here's a this rubber what duck. I had. This You've got a copy on me, big fan. Come on. Yeah, 10-4, Big Ben for sure. And that was it. Sure. By and golly, it's clean, clear to Blacktown, come on. He's about to unload, and I'm sitting there absolutely pooing my pants, no pass, no nothing, sitting there, and he looks at me, he goes, it's your phone? Yep. Is that CW McCall's convoy? <laughs> yep. How do you get that as a ringtone? Oh, I made it. Can you send it? Yep. Oh, thanks. Where were we? And then off he goes. And, and him going off starts with the... <laughs> that. Wow. Look, I'm so excited. I want that audio. I have for a long time had a fantasy of doing a song in Rugby League the Musical, which will be in here next week. And it's... I don't know if you're familiar with... Oh, we're going back to Jim Henson. There was a, a song actually from a Swedish porn in the 70s. The opening line is... Manamana. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Muppet song. 
Yeah, the Muppet song. Yep. Imagine that. Well, that'll be in here next week. CW Calls Convoy was a number one song when 2SM used to be the radio station you listen to the pop chart. So maybe, Pat, if we can go out to the strains of Convoy. As we wrap up the show, I want to send a huge shout out to my boy, Chrissy Lawrence, who's just announced his retirement from the West Tigers today. You take a breath. Congratulations, Chris. Can I say he's a terrific kid. He'd never been in the proctor situation because it's not his go. It's been a great career, Chris, and we appreciate your service. Dennis, always a pleasure. Bronco Reg, go well. Stay in contact. We are here for you. I'll stay well. Thank you for your help, fellas. 10-4, good breaker. You've been on Fire Up's Quiet Australia. See ya. It was a dark of the moon on the 6th of June in a Kenworth hauling logs. Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hogs. We is heading for Bear on I-10, about a mile out of Shaky Town. I says, Pigpen, this here's a rubber duck, and I'm about to put the hammer down. Cause we are